the title of tonight's message is God's Perfect, Perfect Church. And if you have your Bibles, please turn into 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 10. And the word of God says, But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live, if ye stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So to recap, um, Paul is on his second missionary journey, and after having left Thessalonica and made his way to Athens, uh, the state of the Thessalonians began to weigh on his mind. And we read in verse 5, he says, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. Paul was worried about the spiritual condition of the Thessalonians, and so when Paul could no longer forbear, he sent Timotheus to backtrack to check on them. Tonight, beloved, first I want you to see in this passage relationship. As soon as Timotheus returned to Paul, who at this point had moved on to Corinth, he brought the good news of the Thessalonians' faith and charity and desire to see Paul. You see, Paul was uh, fearful for them in verse 5, and we see that care and concern played out in verse 10. They were praying exceedingly night and day. What we see here is one way believers care for one another, and that's through prayer. And when Timotheus brought back the good news, it gave them comfort in their affliction. And we see in verse 7, and so what we see is the well-being of brothers in Christ brings us comfort. The report of their faith and and charity delighted Paul uh, as it would a father delighting in the news that his child is walking with the Lord. I'm sorry, I lost my place. This relationship between Paul and the Thessalonians was so deep that they mutually longed to see one another again. What we have here is a picture of relationship within the body of Christ. Not one of us is on an island on our own in our walk with Christ. We're all part of His body. And the relationship we see between Paul and the Thessalonians is our template to model after. It's our function within the body of Christ that gives encouragement to all other parts of the body. We need each other. We're family. Therefore, let us serve one another in love. For the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 25, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. 
nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. It's in times of affliction the depths of these relationships become more apparent. But at the same time, we must not neglect them in times of joy. For the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, and whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, and all members rejoice with it. Relationship is part of God's plan, and that relationship must be nurtured. If your brother has something against you, make it right. Mend those relationships for the body to be whole. For the scripture says in Matthew 5, 23 through 24, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave thy gift before the altar. Go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, then come and bring thy gift. And in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner is some, but exhorting one another so much more as ye see the day approaching. Next, beloved, I want you to see in this passage discipleship. What is a disciple? According to the dictionary, a disciple is one who accepts and assists in the spreading of the doctrine of another. In verse 6, the scripture tells us that Timotheus brought good tidings of the Thessalonians' faith and charity. What we see here in this verse is that the Thessalonians have accepted the doctrines passed down to them by Paul, by faith, and the fruit of that faith is their charity. Well, you might ask, what exactly is charity? And a simple definition is love, but I would suggest that it's more nuanced than that. In one definition, we find that charity is the supreme love of God and the universal goodwill to men. And in, in the scriptures of Matthew 22, 36 through 40, we read, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And Galatians 5.14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Through the Thessalonians living out their faith and charity, we see their acceptance of the doctrines of the great commandment. And back in verse 8, Paul says, For we now live if ye stand fast in the Lord. What does Paul mean by, For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord? Listen to Romans 6 4. 
Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. What we are talking about here, this newness of life, this living that Paul is referring to, is, is this standing fast in the Lord. In other words, living for Christ. And what is living for Christ but obedience to His commands? For Christ said, if ye love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. And what did He command? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Paul is telling us that part of our life in Christ is to make disciples. And the fulfillment of that discipleship is the continued faithfulness of the disciples, living out their faith, bearing fruit, that ultimately results in them becoming disciple-makers themselves. And Paul commends them for just that back in chapter 1, verse 8, when he says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. The model for discipleship we see here is perpetual spiritual reproduction. What we receive is what we pass on. Next, beloved, I want you to see in this passage spiritual growth. Look with me again at verses 9 and 10. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now in verse 6, we see the good news of the faith and charity of the Thessalonians. But here, in verse 10, we see that they are still lacking. Now, this isn't only true of the Thessalonians. This is also true of Paul, and it's also true of all of us. None of us has arrived, but one day we will. For the Scripture says in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When will we arrive? When we see him face to face. And until that day, we have a work to do and we have a battle to fight. For the scripture says in Hebrews 13, 20 through 21, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work, to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The perfection that is being written of here comes from doing God's will, which is well-pleasing in His sight. And the scriptures say in Ephesians 4, 11 through 15, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith 
and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. For we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may we grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. What does spiritual growth look like? It looks like the church moving in sanctification unto the unity of one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, to the end of looking like Christ. If we're going to look like Christ, expect a battle. For the scriptures say in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. Brethren, our Lord is coming. And until that day, the battle is real. Are you prepared to fight? Do not be deceived by the slight of man and cunning craftiness and make no provision for the flesh. Tonight, beloved, I hope that you have seen here a picture of God's perfect church. She's abounding in faith once and for all delivered to the saints. She's abounding in love for God and love for each other. She's living out the great commandment. She's serving one another. She's discipling and being discipled. And she's growing spiritually unto the likeness of Christ, adorning the full armor of God. Let us go ye therefore and do the same, and to God be the glory. Amen. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, I pray that your words would enter our heart and that they would change us to be like you. I pray for all this in your Son's precious and holy name. Amen.